Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly life transitions podcast, where we share the stories and experiences of professionals that help families create a new path for themselves. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about transitioning your life through relationship separation, starting a new career, having babies, and many other life transitions. Find out more at mycleanbreak.ca. Here are your hosts, Darren and Tina. Hey, welcome back again, everyone. Uh, Darren Javag, host of Clean Break, the podcast. And with me again is Tina Murray, the, my co-host, awesome partner in this crazy race car flying down the road called Clean Break. <laughs> so welcome aboard again today, Tina. Thanks, Darren. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm remote today, and uh, so a little bit of delay on on our on our conversation, but it's it's great. It's always great to be in the co-pilot seat, and it is a ride that we've been on, and and it's really cool to see the way Clean Break has evolved. You know, we went from you know a few years ago to being talking specifically about divorce and separation and sort of all the facets of that, from you know families to therapy to you know how to get a new mechanic, right? And now and now we're talking a lot about transitions and and how uh, people have transitioned, you know, through different phases of their lives, whether it be divorce, separation, new babies, new jobs, parents passing away. There's so many different clean breaks you can have in life. And so it's very cool to uh, to have transitioned this podcast over just the last couple of months, really, into um, more about life. And uh, mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. great to be on this journey. And what did Alex, our producer, one of our producers say? Uh, it's a life lifestyle show. It's and a lifestyle so I, podcast. I really... Yeah. yeah, 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 and and so we have had all kinds of great speakers on, and today is no exception. Um, I am not a big politician, uh, but <laughs> we have an amazing politician here with us today on the show. She is the mayor of North Grenville, and her name is Nancy Peckford. And so, welcome to the show today, Nancy. Thank you. Hey, Nancy. So tell us a little bit about, tell us a little bit about you personally. Let's start with that. Who are you, uh, you know, in a personal world? Yes, thank you. Uh, well, as you know, I was uh, born and raised in uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. And uh, so that has very much, I think, uh, partly defined uh, how I see the world. Um, we moved to North Granville. I came to Ontario in 1999 to actually work on Parliament Hill, and then subsequently, I had the um, I had the opportunity to relocate my family uh, to North Granville in 2010-11. Uh, and at that time, I was a very very busy mom uh, of three uh, young kids, and I was getting to know the community in that respect. And so, I remain a very busy mom of three school-age kids, um, but uh, they're a little bit older now and I'm a little more settled uh, in that parenting role. And as uh, as you've mentioned, in 2018, I was elected as um, North Granville's mayor and I was the first female mayor in the municipality of North Granville. Of course, uh, there was a very dynamite mayor in the town of Kempville who was a woman and she served in uh, the 80s and she certainly made her work as well. So. Following a fine tradition, I think, of uh, feisty and fiery politicians. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. This is great. Uh, Nancy, tell me a little bit. So thank you for sharing the part of your journey. You mentioned your family. How does your family uh, deal or support you in your, in your role as mayor? How do you find that? Yeah, it's really, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, I am a, a solo parent, if you will, of three kids. Uh, so my kids uh, straddle their dad's home and uh, my home. Fortunately, we're both uh, in Old Town Kemple, so that helps a lot. Uh, but, you know, as uh, someone who was looking to uh, serve North Granville in this uh, capacity of mayor, I actually felt that it would give me more quality time with my children, not less. And a lot of people find that hard to believe, but the reality is, is I was working for a national not-for-profit organization and I was finding all of the travel and the commuting back and forth to Ottawa and many other places actually uh, very exhausting and it was compromising our, our quality of life and my relationship with my kids. And I thought, what better way uh, to be in the community and be more accessible to my kids and, and grow with them and grow with the community than seek a public role. So in that respect, um, you know, do, doing the work that I do and uh, being a co-parent uh, have more or less, I think, uh, They've, they've become fairly compatible, but I was, I did make a, a big transition from my former life uh, to this one. There's no doubt. Oh, transition, transition, Tina. She's speaking our language. She's speaking our language right now. Okay. So you got a question for her, Tina? Well, you know, I just, I, oh, sorry. I touched my screen and something went on wonky with it. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no, I just, you know, I love to see, you know, I, I don't live in North Granville, but I operate my business in the community and um, I love the area. Uh, and it's really interesting to see how you have embraced the community. It's not just the politics for you. I know from no. speaking with other people that it's, you're in it. You're not, you're, you live in it. You actively are a, a huge active member participating in all kinds of things, not just as a politician, but as a member of the community. And I think for me personally, that sets you apart from maybe other politicians for, for, you know, for lack of a better way to put you, you know, it just seems like you love the community and you're invested in it and it's not just a job for you. Yeah, I think was it's there, really fair, you know. Was there a question the there? Way. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, I guess. But I, I think, you know, if you could speak to that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do think being a mom has been a huge influence in how I've seen the, the opportunity to contribute. I'm... I'm doing all the things other parents are doing. Um, overwhelmingly, <laughs> like I, you know, we we manage a bunch of activities. One of the first ways I, I really got involved in um, North Grenville was through the hockey community, and it was uh, incredibly impressive to me. And you know, I resisted um, enrolling my kids in hockey because hockey is a bit of a bad reputation and. It's rough and the parents are competitive and even though i was a big hockey fan I, I didn't myself grow up playing hockey and i didn't have a brother who played hockey so i was a little bit wary but when i saw the passion and the commitment and the degree of volunteerism uh of those hockey parents i thought man i'm in like this is this is an incredible community and it's not just about hockey there's lots of 
parents and families who don't choose that journey. But it really gave me a glimpse into how much people are willing to give. And you know, prior to that, I had taken my kids to the Dandelion Festival, and that was also a really amazing experience. So I knew I wanted to be somewhere and invest in a community that had so much passion and had so much heart. And I, I really think, um, you know, being being a parent uh, and being a friend and colleague, uh, not just within, you know, these municipal walls, but outside of it have really shaped how I see the community and what I'm able to give. So I think having multiple roles actually has strengthened my capacity to see uh, a myriad of perspectives and I'm in it, right? I'm, I'm in it. I'm dropping my kids off in the morning and sometimes I forget to sign the parental permission forms. I, I'm far from a perfect parent. So I'm uh, <laughs> I, I'm very much grounded in the day-to-day, -day, you know, ups and downs, <laughs> uh, successes and uh, lack thereof um, in terms of uh, being, uh, you know, just somebody who's, who's here living the life like everyone else. Question for you, Nancy. Um, what do you see as some of the, tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that you face in your job as mayor. Like, like are there some things that are kind of glaring that you find challenging about your role? Well, there's always a time management perspective, of course, um, because I have a really strong relationship to the community. I want to be, I want to be in as many places as possible to show that I do care and to, to learn and interact with people that maybe you don't always see, right? If you if you chose to serve only through this office, right, um, and only responded to those who reached out to you formally, I think you'd have a much less fulsome perspective, a, a much less holistic perspective of what's happening. And there is that tendency to be drawn into, you know, a myriad of meetings that are far more internal facing than external facing. Um, so I've really used social media, right, as a tool to remain quite accessible and visible. And I think for the most part, even though some people get frustrated and they use social media as a way to express those frustrations, I, you know, I kind of roll with that. It's totally fair. I'm out there and people have things that they need to express. Sometimes uh, not as gracious as you might hope. It doesn't matter because for the most part, what I get on social media is a really, really good feedback in terms of what people care about, what they're concerned about, uh, what they feel council should be focusing more on. Um, so that time management piece, I think, uh, is uh, certainly, I would say a challenge, but like, to be frank with you, it was a challenge before I became mayor. And that's what I had said to so many who asked that question of me, you're a parent of young kids, how are you gonna pull it off? And, you know, I was a very, very busy professional before I became mayor, and I'm a very busy professional as your mayor. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it didn't really change things significantly, other than I do really try uh, hard um, to be where people need to be, uh, to be where people need to be, need me to be. And, and that's fair. And I'm up for that. And my kids benefit from it often because they're seeing the community through all those different lenses as well. I know uh, when you were running in the last election, yeah. I remember mentioning to my wife, I, was, I said, uh, you were going around, you know, ringing yes. doorbells, yeah. shaking hands, walking down yeah. the street. Yeah, I and, I, I, and I remember looking at some of your marketing stuff and I thought, this is really fresh looking. Like it's yeah. new. It didn't feel like an election thing. It looked 
more like it, it just seemed lighter like you were talking about issues that politicians typically are trying to get reelected or elected period and they're mm -hmm. talking they're trying to find hot button topics that have monetary value or are going to spur mm -hmm. some kind of like conflict in the person reading it and I just found that your marketing material didn't focus on conflict or division. It was more about how do we build and grow our community together and listen to each other's voice, you know? So I really yeah. like that. I really like that. And you and you really impressed me because you walked right up my driveway and shook my hand. And we I think we knew each other a little bit. But, you know, I was like, who is this person, you know? <laughs> and then we talked and it was great. Like, I think you've been a fabulous mayor for North Grenville. So where my question is actually coming <laughs> is, um, I know, I know, I circled around, I circled around, um, is, is Nancy, I know there's probably some growing pains right now in North Grenville because, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, media attention on the fact that Kempville and North Grenville is probably one of the fastest growing communities in Canada, especially in, in, in Ontario, right? And that must come with some very serious challenges when you have that kind of growth and expansion. Can you tell us a little bit about what North Grenville is doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, we definitely needed, I think even though I'm not a municipal expert, it became fairly obvious to me during the campaign, actually, because I was hearing from a lot of people who felt frustrated by their interactions with the municipality, not everyone, of course, but there was enough out there um, from what we were hearing in those, uh, you know, door, those um, doorstep conversations where I was just going up to people and sort of saying, hey, what, what do you care about? Where do you think we need to improve? Uh, what could we do better? Um, how can we make our community stronger? Because ultimately, municipal governments, municipal councils are really about facilitating community cohesion and managing whatever the challenge is. In our case, it's growth, right? It's not always growth, but in our case, in our case it happens to be growth. That's one of the challenges, not all of them. So um, when I came into the role, you know, you do a lot of listening and, and sometimes you're not listening to the words, you're listening to what's behind the words. And it became fairly obvious to me that we needed to strengthen our expertise um, and that we needed to certainly uh, renew our leadership team. And we needed um, to ensure that we got enough experience as a municipal corporation uh, to manage growth. And it's not, it's not, you really do need people who've seen it happen elsewhere. So we were very fortunate to attract a, a chief administrative officer who had been with the municipality of Cambridge, very high growth area outside of the GPA. And that person brought a lot of depth. So I think one of the things in this role that was important is recognizing what we didn't know and what we needed to be better at. And growth really is it's a wonderful opportunity for your community, but there are a lot of choice points. And many of the decisions that you make have thought, have long-term implications, five, 10, 20, 30 years down the road. So really, you know, one of the first challenges was, did we have the right leadership team in place? Not, not just politically, but administratively to do the work that we needed um, undertaken here to be better equipped for growth and to ensure that the community's quality of life was not threatened by growth and that mm -hmm. we were 
we were leveraging to make important investments in the community. And that's a, that's, that's a complicated exercise. Um, and there were some decisions that we couldn't undo, right? In terms of subdivisions that didn't have connectivity or sidewalks or stop signs or neighborhood parks. We couldn't fix that because uh, th these things were well underway. And in some cases there are legal agreements and who builds what is all figured out years in advance. So I think in summary, my job was to figure out what, what don't we know? <laughs> Where do we need to get better in terms of managing growth? And how do we attract the right people and expertise in Eastern Ontario that will be as passionate about this community from a staff perspective as we are as council? Mm -hmm. Excellent. A lot of sense. So like, what what about those council, your co-council members? I mean, obviously there's gotta be some pretty good collaborate, collaboration between you and the rest of the council members to sort of all agree on yeah. the way to move forward as well. How does that, how yeah. has that worked over your three and a half, nearly four years in term? Yeah. Yeah, it's another wonderful question. Cause I think one of the first things I also realized is we brought in a whole new council, the community elected a whole new council. Uh, so what they were saying is we want something different, right? Not a single incumbent was reelected, not the incumbent mayor, not incumbent councillors. You had a fresh slate, brand new. And I know I said this, Tina, to you at uh, the mayor's address, but I know there were some other members um, of, uh, of government at higher levels who I think went, oh my god can they pull this off because you realize with time that the municipal landscape is very nuanced right it it's its own beast um and there's a lot of learning involved so the good news is is i have regarded it as my role as a as a leader to keep the team together and i think we all had a shared vision of wanting to do things differently wanting to make sure that quality of life was a big priority for the community and that we invested in it, uh, you know, through perks, through partnerships, through a vibrant business community, through a good building and planning department. Um, so we all were on the same page, but that first year was really focused on relationship building with each other because we didn't know each other, right? We, I, we you know, some of us, uh, of each other casually, but we didn't really have um, strong working relationships, of course. So I brought in, actually, we had the opportunity to do a council work plan. And that first year of developing a work plan involved a lot of FaceTime, where we really talked a lot about, okay, what did the, what is the community asking of us? Um, and we all got elected based upon, uh, you know, people connecting in in certain ways and thinking, okay, these are the appropriate leaders for our community. So how do we bring that all together and articulate it and execute, because it's all about execution, right? Uh, uh, in terms of moving forward as a municipality together. So that relationship building piece is absolutely critical. And I don't think we've been perfect. I'm not perfect. Council, you know, we all come with, you know, certain preoccupations and you, we got to work it out, right? We sort of have to make sure that together collectively we feel stronger than we do um 
as individuals, right? And that's really what I think people want from their governments. They want collective, strong, collaborative leadership where people get along. And while we may have differing perspectives at the end of the day, when we make those decisions, we're making them um, in a well-considered and respectful way, right? For the community and together as a council. Oh, I like that. I think uh, maybe get a couple of those sumo wrestler suits you know, that you guys can put on and, and, ba and battle out and, you, you know, like, nothing wrong with a little bit of, a little bit of, a little bit of, a, a little you know, battle. head to head. A little, a little... A little <laughs> okay. Th that is, that is wonderful. Competition. Axe throwing not as long as it's other. not at each other. Yeah. 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 Don't... Well, yeah. tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. tomorrow council is getting together to do, um, a dance so this is gonna be our first dance routine as a way to help promote the busker fest and i huh. guarantee you there will be some dancers who are better and more nimble than others but we're all going to come together as a little dancing troupe so you can see how that works itself out tomorrow all It'll right be going well, live with some I, I think you just piqued yeah. tina's interest because tina was in a big <laughs> dance competition not too long there ago you go. yes. there you go <laughs> anybody that wants to find out more information uh go and google tina's uh, tina's dance uh competition <laughs> dancing dancing with the stars uh Grenville Leeds Grenville style or united counties style yeah uh, myself and jeff carter did a fundraising event for the local volunteer bureau in uh, in Grenville County in Leeds Grenville, and uh, we did really well actually. So I was quite happy with ourselves, but totally outside my comfort zone. So you got it, Nancy. You got it. Well, you know, I, 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 one thing fingers. one thing that I thought was really cool too is that you mentioned that the rookies were taken over for the veterans, but yeah. there was no there was no veterans left. So it's like the entire yeah. slate of team is 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 rookies. So. I think you guys have done great. No. I'm sure there must have been yeah. some real big potholes to try to avoid and just, you know, dynamics, personality dynamics as well to try to manage. It must have been, yeah, you know, absolutely. difficult. Um, yeah. I want to ask a question about, you know, I, the elections are coming up, right, uh, yeah. soon. And, you know, I'm going to, uh, you're on the hot seat. You agreed to be here. So I'm going to ask you some questions. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so first of all, I want to ask you, what do you say to people who are worried about, let's say inflation, inflation's running hot, worried about taxes going up. Uh, is North Grenville going to eventually outpace Ottawa as, a, a, as far as taxation goes? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you say to people like that? Like, how, how are you, how, are, how is municipality dealing with taxation and the cost yeah. uh, to, to its residents? Well, I'm glad you've asked because it was something I heard on the doorstep a lot. And having come from the city of Ottawa, where we had lived for a decade, I actually was a little bit concerned about our tax rate here. Between 2014 and 2018, uh, the tax rate went up by 12 points. So there was actually a significant uh, burden on taxpayers. And as a smaller rural urban community, I wasn't always convinced I was seeing value for dollar. So when we got in, um, what, uh, we really had some conversations with staff. Why Why do we need a 2% tax rate increase every year? We're growing exponentially. Growth is supposed to come with benefits. And the benefit is you're generating more tax revenue through commercial and residential enterprises. So with you know with the benefit of uh, lots of back and forth we we certainly agreed as a council that we would do everything in our power to keep taxes 
below 2% that we weren't going to automatically uh, raise taxes uh, at the uh, 2% rate every year, that that wasn't necessarily fair to taxpayers, including me. I'm a mom of three kids. I can assure you every dollar counts. And uh, we made a concerted effort to keep taxes well below 2%. And we've been successful. So we did 1.5, a 1.5 tax rate increase in 2019, one in uh, 2020, uh, sorry, I should do 2019 was 1.5, 2021, 2021 was zero and 2020, this year, 2022 as is 0.75. So wow. that I think shows our commitment to ensuring that the community benefits from growth. It is important to not lower taxes because the cost of doing business, whether you're a household, a municipality, a business is going up. So it did become obvious to us that yes, we do need to keep pace with the cost of doing business. We're a $33 million corporation, right? We've got gas costs like everyone else. We've got supply costs. We've got human resourcing costs. So to reduce taxes, um, would be irresponsible, but to keep them very low and to do everything we can to benefit from growth, a hundred percent. And that's what we've done. And I'm okay. proud of that because I do think that our, um, previous councils didn't necessarily fully appreciate that we need to absolutely make sure that we're benefiting from growth. Okay. I just want to, I want to jump in there really quick and say, I yeah. did not throw a softball and and warn you no. i was gonna ask that question by the way and you were ready for it so i like that <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i care a lot about it's a, big, it's a big part of the municipal discussion um and you may not have known how much actually how hard we've worked to keep the tax rate increase low way lower than ottawa by the way just just to be very clear you check out what the city of ottawa has done and they're raising taxes far more than we are um oh. so we've done a great job i think of uh, really being quite measured <laughs> I'm going to have to get Jim on the phone. <laughs> come at an expense of something else. Like, have you had to sort of cut back on other things in order to keep the, that tax rate so low? No, I, we did do a little more reserve draws. So the municipality had amassed uh, a very, very healthy reserve. So in 2020, uh, I just want to get my years right. So when the year that we brought in the 0% tax rate, which was 2021, so for, I forgive me, it was 2021. So right in the kind of midst of that pandemic that had started in March, 2020, uh, we knew that we would have to do a, a bit of a reserve draw to balance out, right, some of the other investments and commitments we had made. But uh, the reserves were extremely healthy and we continue to contribute to reserves, but we did more of a reserve draw in 2020. But at the same time, what we see happening in the municipality is by virtue of the kind of growth we've had, um, there are things that developers um, are paying for, right? Through a development charge system that had been well in place in North Granville that allowed us to continue to invest in roads and parks and expanding our sewage treatment plant. And a lot of the architecture uh, in terms of funding that allows those investments to make had been well anticipated and you know the um, generation of reserves, right, and capital for those items will continue down the road. So it's all you know. It's all about balance. There's certainly, I think, more we'd like to do. Like if we could 
tackle more rural roads in terms of rehabilitation, rebuild, asphalt, right? We would do that, but but there's a balance. Uh, and our largest capital expenditure, North Grenville, is on roads. That's the biggest budget item. And we do do a lot of roads. But, you know, if you wanted to do significantly more, then you would have to adjust how you generate revenue for that. Um, so we've really tried to keep a very good balance between what residents need and expect and what we can afford. Nancy, a uh, question on that, because you're asking about projects. Um, can we look back over the last three or four years and can you tell listeners what projects you're the most proud of? Yeah, well, certainly I think uh, the long-standing um, desire to have uh, County Road 43 upgraded uh, was definitely a big priority of mine. As I was saying to Tina about a month ago when we did the mayor's address, you know, we, when I got in, uh, I, I had worked federally in and around Parliament Hill, so I knew some of the players, and we were aware of a significant infrastructure fund that could help offset some of the costs of what is now a $40 million road and bridge expansion. So uh, to that end, I started moving quickly in lockstep with Minister Steve Clark. And he understood he was, uh, you know, obviously a member of the government in 2018. Premier Ford had won power and, and Minister Clark was named to cabinet. So that didn't hurt. And so we certainly uh, worked very hard to um, mobilize an application for a federal provincial shared infrastructure fund. And together we worked at the provincial and federal levels to make sure that that grant application was successful. And Minister Clark, uh, you know, speaking of collaboration, right? In politics, it's all about partnership, opportunity, timing. Partnership, opportunity, timing. So I knew with Minister Clark, we had the right partner. Uh, we had the right moment. Uh, to pursue, and we had the right opportunity because Counter Road 43 was begging for investment, right? Begging. It's been 14 years of begging. So, you know, some people say, Nancy, like, you're so, like, you're so passionate about a road. It's just a road. But we know what this road means to this community, right? You it's can't walk it safely. You can't cross it safely. You can't drive it safely at certain times of the day. And it really is a dividing point in our community. You got Old Town Keppel on one side, Ferguson Forest and New Growth on the other side. So this is a well-traveled road. So to get that project underway, funded, and then engineered, and then going uh, has been really a, a, a full-time job in itself. But the United Counties of Leeds and Granville, which owns the road, has uh, worked extremely hard to get us near the point of breaking ground. Um, and that's, you know, that's been very exciting because we know how much it's needed. And every year, quite frankly, that the road work hasn't begun has cost us more money. And I'm not just talking about the last four years, the last four years. Had we built this road 10 years ago, we wouldn't be looking at $40 million. But construction costs have become exceedingly expensive, as you know. Um, and we're going to pay more for this road now than we would have 10 years ago. And our bridge just over the creek on County Road 43 uh, basically has three years life left to it now. And that has become the priority is to replace the bridge and build a four lane bridge before we do the road expansion. If I can mention one more thing, I think investment parks and rec has been really important to us, right? So that, you know, the um, flooding of the Kempville Creek so that people could have an outdoor skating uh, arena 
extremely exciting for us to be able to do that and really take the lead from community volunteers, longtime residents of North Granville, like Herb Cloutier, who was all over getting this done and really stepped up in the initial year. And then, you know, we partnered with him to really make that happen. We've also been able to create some uh, neighborhood parks where there weren't any. And that really is a quality of life issue from my perspective in terms of, you know, a very large municipality, both rural and urban. And then, of course, we're making major investments in our own Riverside Park um, to really make it a year-round park for all ages and stages of life. And that's really nice to see. Is there a challenge sometimes from your perspective when you have such a large geographic municipality with, like you say, urban and rural parts to it to, to do the balance so that, I mean, I understand that Kempel has the largest population of of the the county or of the municipality but there are other little communities and so there, that's got to be a challenge to somehow balance all of the needs of all of the different uh areas in in the in the north granville community yeah yeah and you're right tina that we have a large largish uh, population in the town of Kentville, but actually two thirds of the population lives outside of those borders. So even though we're seeing the growth, right, in sort of the, most of the growth, not all of it, but most would be happening more to the town of Kentville. But then we've had some really great rural subdivisions like Pelton's Corners, right? And we've seen some growth on Oxford Mills of new subdivisions. So absolutely, the balance there is uh, critical. And one of the things that I regarded as quite important was forging relationships with our community associations, not just in the town of Kentville, but with Earth's Rapids and Oxford Mills and Bishop's Mills um, and South Gore, right? We really wanted to make sure that we were hearing from um, you know, a wide range of residents and those community associations that represent the hamlets are very, uh, useful to us. They're valuable. They give us information that we might not hear otherwise. And when we won the uh, big prize for participation last year, um, you know, we won $100,000 and we're declared Canada's most active community. Yes, exactly. And when we did that, it was because, not because the town of Kempville, it was all of North Granville, right, that made that happen because people were tracking their steps, downloading the app, and we wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened without all of North Granville participating, rural as much as urban. So when we made the decision about where to invest the monies, we actually decided to largely invest in rural hamlets. So we're going to put new play structure, right, in, um, a, a couple of those hamlets. We're going to put a, a half a basketball port court in Burt's Rapids in their sort of community uh, public space, green space. And then in Bishop's Mills, we're going to rebuild the pump house that keeps their outdoor rink running, right? It's been a rink that's been in the community and outdoor rink for 30 years. So we decided to really recognize the role that our rural hamlets play, have played in the evolution of North Granville and really give back, right? Because they were as much part of the success as anyone else. That's awesome. Um, Nancy, you have a, a few of events coming up. I think I believe there's going to be, speaking of participation, uh, yeah. that's coming up, I think, next month, I think it is, it is. where there's going to be a walk, right? Yeah. And you're going to be participating yeah. in that as well. 
Yeah, we're going to do a participation 2.0 in North Granville. Of course, we won the big prize. We got to stay at it um, and uh, really make sure that people, you know, not everyone knew about participation last year, even though we had great community engagement. So we got a, we have a reputation to uphold, as you know, um, and uh, I look forward, we're working hard uh, to launch a walk with Mayor Nancy as part of our uh, early participation efforts in, uh, in June. So, um, and that's really to um, recognize how important it is for people in our community and communities, of course, across Canada to have access to mental health, particularly our youth. And, you know, part of our investments in Parks and Rec is because for youth, especially during this period of what had been two years of isolation and social disruption and online schooling, uh, kids have lost a lot. And there have been consequences and negative implications to their isolation. And there's a, a very urgent need to make sure the kids in our community have access to good mental health supports. Um, so, you know, all of the things that we're doing from a Parks and Rec perspective and uh, from the perspective of participation and the walk that I hope to lead, these are all to support efforts to make sure kids have good access to mental health supports. Excellent. Um, we go ahead, are, Tina. I was gonna say, we're, we're kind of running, we're starting to run down, but I, I do have one question I wanted to ask you. With the election coming up in the fall, um, and the, the question I have is what would you, tell yourself knowing what you know now after four years in office going back four years ago what would you tell your younger self to do for this new election oh that's so good well you know <laughs> i think i decided when i ran the first time that i wouldn't be afraid that if i lost what did I what did I lose, right? Other than an election, I would have four months of building relationships in the community, sharing my vision and my perspective as a mom and a parent and a professional living here. And I thought, well, it doesn't really matter what the outcome is, because you're gonna bring your best to the table and you're gonna meet lots of great people. And I have to say, you know, I would go out, you know, canvassing often, you know, between like six and eight thirty PM. And there was never a night where my experience on the doorstep talking to lots of people didn't enrich me at the end. I, I was a better person because I knew more about my community and this is where I'm raising my family. So I decided I wouldn't be afraid and it didn't matter what the outcome was. Ultimately, I'm a fighter. I wanted to win. I assure you. I think you saw all the signs. <laughs> all those like vote for signs. I think you had one at the end of my driveway. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but I thought, well, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to go for it. But if I don't succeed, such is life, right? And I think a lot of life, as we all know, and sometimes when you're navigating personal or professional journeys, you got to put the fear in the back seat and you got to put yourself in the front seat. And, and um, you know, elections are always about giving people that opportunity to make a choice. They're making a choice. And I'm a huge believer in the democratic process. And I value the role that democracies play in Canada and the world. Um, so I, you know, accept that even with this election, after all the work we've done and all of the effort and all of the late nights and early mornings and events and conversations and relationships, at the end of the day, it's up to the people. So I have to bring my best to the table, look people in the eye. We know that, you know, there's a correctional facility coming that the province announced that 
some people were not happy about and I recognize and and feel that anguish on the part of some and they they likely you know they're not necessarily happy with this council that we didn't pull out all the stops to fight it and and that is what it is and we assessed the situation given our role as a municipal government and thought it was better to do everything in our power to diminish any negative impacts um, as opposed to trying to fight a facility that might come here anyway and then we would have lost all the opportunity to negotiate negotiate where it's going what else can we um, generate as community benefit from it being there and as you know we've been working very hard uh, to actually secure a hundred acres of farmlands that they don't expect to use for that facility. So we made a decision about how to work with the provincial government and not fight them on this. And not everyone's happy with that. So I got to look people in the eye as I have and say, yes, you may not be satisfied with our choices and you may not be voting for me or my council colleagues. And that's absolutely your choice and it's okay. And at the end of the day, I got to come home and put on my, uh, you know, put on my big girl pants and go out in the morning and do it all over again. And that's okay. That's, that's the role of, that's the job I've accepted. And I know that, um, you know, this election may be a little bit tougher, right? Cause uh, I've got a record that I will have to defend. And some of that record I think is super positive. And for some people, they're not, they're not necessarily thrilled, um, but that's okay. That's, I think at the end of the day, what matters most to me is people understand they have a choice. And they vote, they participate, right? We've got an amazing community where you can vote online, right? So people have been voting online in this community for over a decade. You can cast a vote from your home and that creates accessibility in terms of elections that I think is critically important uh, to ensure that people actually exercise their franchise. And that's what that was part of my goal the last time. It didn't, you know, I was like, yes, yes, I want to be a candidate. I want to be a strong candidate. I do want you to vote for me. Uh, but if you don't, please vote. And we make it so easy for you to vote. So no reason not to. So that's, that's part of what I'm going to bring this time. Okay. Wow. That was amazing. That was amazing. Um, you know, you're a huge advocate for North Grenville in general in uh, on the on the, you know, the federal stage, on the provincial stage. So we appreciate everything you do for the community, Nancy. And I'd like to have you back on the show after the election, uh, regardless okay. of the results, uh, regardless yeah. of the results, because, again, um, I think you are a wonderful person and you do have a big heart. So it's it would be nice to interview you kind of when the camera lights are off afterwards. So I know this is a big moment awesome. for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you. So, <clears throat> you're welcome. Uh, and Tina, I think that was a great show. We should wrap it up. Okay. All right. So everyone. But uh, yeah, go ahead, Darren. Sorry. A uh, little lag there on the audio. But I just wanted to say to everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. And obviously, if you want to find out more about Nancy, you can uh, find her online through the North Grenville Municipal uh, North Grenville website. Uh, I'm sure you can Google her, and she'll probably come up in about 50 different places. So uh, check out <laughs> Nancy Peckford. And uh, as well, if you're looking for some advice, some help, some uh, kind of some guidance on getting through any transitions that you're going through, whether they be uh, separation, divorce, whether it is new life. Uh, jobs, whatever that new transition is in your life, check out some of the great professionals we have on the mycleanbreak.ca website. And as well, there's some articles, podcasts. Please subscribe to our podcast and listen to future episodes. We'd love to have you join us. 
And I'm going to end the show before and say thank you to our sponsor. We forgot to mention our sponsor at the beginning of the show, but we're going to mention it at the end is uh, check out Dominion Lending uh, for your mortgage needs. So if you are looking for a new mortgage, you're uh, asking questions, maybe you're not too sure about interest rates going up or down, and you're not too sure how to lock those in, check out the professionals at uh, Dominion Lending. And the website is uh, I've got a mortgage for that.com. And we hope that you find some advice there. So wait, so we're going to wrap that up and we're just going to say, Tina and I are going to say thank you so much for joining us today and take care of yourselves, take care of the people around you, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on life transitions. You can find more topics like today's and other great advice from life transition professionals at mycleanbreak.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. MyCleanBreak.ca has clear and simple advice from trusted local professionals to help you get to the other side of any transition.